Hey! I'm Maddie! I'm Nathan. Hi, America and elsewhere. Wherever you are, welcome to our podcast. You know, I was thinking we should do an episode of the British office and the whole time we'll talk like this. I don't know, mate. My (laughs) British accent is really bad. See, (laughs) I can't do that. I'm not a performer, okay? okay? I'm just here for insight. Okay, well, let's not do that, though. Let's just talk about the U.S. version of The Office. Talk about Season 3, Episode 16, Phyllis's Wedding. Phyllis's Wedding. Came out February 8th, 2007. 2007. It's kind of a cold time to have a wedding, but I guess if it's all inside. Yeah, plus they it was a shotgun wedding. Was it? No. I didn't see any shotguns. Are you saying that Phyllis was preggers? Possibly. She lost the baby right after. <laughs> Okay, just take that out, okay? That was really f***ed up. I don't know what I'm thinking. <laughs> Do you want to switch drinks? She had a woman's... It was, she it was she woman's actually her right to choose. <laughs> and she chose not to have a baby. But after the shotgun wedding, because she wanted to have that. That was yeah. her, also her choice. It was Kelly's idea. Um we usually do is it's called wikipedia is the best thing ever and that's where we talk about the synopsis we sure do and this time we're gonna read it with a bunch of enthusiasm uh-huh in this episode the office attends phyllis lappin's wedding to bob vance vance refrigeration and pam beasley becomes upset with how many similarities <laughs> there are between her canceled wedding and phyllis's meanwhile michael scott embarrasses the bride and groom. And Pam. Re. Connects. With her. Ex-fiance. <laughs> Roy Anderson. That's it. Cool. We did it. <laughs> Barely. It's <laughs> harder than I thought. We should highlight. We should split it up beforehand. Um, but let's go into Great Scott Productions of Trivia, where we talk about how the episode was made. It was made by Ken Whittingham, or at least directed by him. He's done a few other episodes. Um, Good ones, right? Yeah, Healthcare, Michael's Birthday, The Convention, The Merger. And it was written by Carolyn Williams, or Caroline Williams, and she's a staff writer. Has she written any other episodes? I don't think she has. I don't know. I don't believe she has. The name doesn't ring a bell. It sure doesn't. And she doesn't even have, I'm, I'm really sorry to say this, but you know, on Wikipedia, her name is not hyperlinked. Yeah, so we don't know anything about her, and we probably never will, because Wikipedia is the source that we use for all our information, so she's not on there. We don't know about her. We don't know. She's off our radar. So, but anyway, she's a staff writer, so that means she probably wrote some of our favorite moments in other episodes, because the main writer just writes the, you know, the script, but then the reason they have a writing staff is to put in all those little things we like. So, and also she wrote this, so she's not doing too bad. No. What have you done? (laughs) <laughs> this podcast that's it yeah that's right that's right so i'm like i'm trying to look up and the podcast isn't on here and your name isn't here. <laughs> mine either oh man but we well, got a recurring a recurring a recurring guest star creed bratton wow oh i thought you were talking about on our podcast because last time we did have a guest that's true we did and even though it was easy to see why she should still be a guest because she hadn't been on any other episodes i'm surprised that creed is still a guest star same yeah i don't understand how when does he must be some contractual obligation or something they just didn't know when they were gonna lose him to the grassroots reunion (laughs) 
Uh, Rashida <laughs> Jones is still a guest star, but in retrospect, that makes perfect sense. Does Jim know yeah. that she's still a guest star? No. Does Karen know that she's still a guest star? Because it seems like she's settling down. I'm happy as a clam that's having relationship problems. And singing karaoke. Yep. The ancient art of karaoke. Karaoke, which is uh, Japanese for singing orchestra, basically. Orchestra. Oh. So... But I do want to talk about the other guest star. Who's the other guest star? Bobby Ray Schaefer. Oh, or... Bob Vance? Yeah. Robert Schaefer. Yeah, he's Robert. And Phyllis is played by Phyllis Smith. So it really is the wedding of Robert and Phyllis. Phyllis and Robert. Which makes perfect sense because their napkins say P and R. That's right. All the other things about the production basically come down to a little band called Scrantonicity. And the reason that happens is because they they thought it would be funny to have Kevin play drums and sing. But he doesn't even play it. Yeah, so we had to learn the drums. Yeah. Which uh, we learned in another episode. He was taught by Toby, Paul Lieberston. That's I mean, that might have been how he found that really hot girl at the gym was playing drums. Yeah, maybe at the gym. (laughs) (laughs) But it didn't mention that in this one. We'll just remember it from the other one. Yeah, although it did mention that that he did rely on a music stunt person to play the drums. I don't know what that means. Does that mean that... He was behind the curtain. Okay. Because it Probably did look like extra Kevin. Beats, it know? looked like Brian Baumgartner no, playing. Beh- yeah, he was playing. Because that's why he learned to play. Oh, okay. But then he had a stuntman too. Oh, okay. Like, did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah. It was like that. <laughs> um, he had a Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah. Play him. So, so anyway, it said that they originally wrote it in that he was going to be in a Steve Miller tribute band. Oh, yeah. And wouldn't that have been different? They could have been playing songs like The Joker. Yeah. Fly like an eagle, and then probably just repeat those. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Steve Miller. I mean, because like you go to you go beyond that and that discography. I mean, that nobody knows that. Everybody knows the police. Yeah, and I know more police songs than if you ask me to name police songs. I probably could only name a couple, but then I recognize all the ones in this episode. So I guess I know more than I thought. Yeah. You just know more about the police than you than you ever imagined that you did. Yeah, but you know what I say? F*** the police. <laughs> I, I always say that. I always say that. Every time I see a cop, I say that. Yeah, yeah. And then they're like, I know, I hate those guys. <laughs> and I'll be like, message in a bottle? Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, don't get me started on the police. And then they're like, but Sting solo albums? Kill. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then we go... We go check them out and smoke a, a doobie in the jailhouse. <laughs> with my brothers. <laughs> yeah. Smoking doobies with my brothers. <laughs> and then the other thing is there were some deleted scenes. Yeah, it's like Phyllis comes over to Pam and, and says, hey, I hope you, do, you don't mind that we use your idea for the after dinner mints. And Pam, I mean, she's really kind, but she says, yeah, and everything else. <laughs> and Phyllis is just kind of like, wow you're keeping track well if you want i can make an announcement it's like super awkward and kind of acknowledges the tackiness of using somebody else's wedding plans yeah why didn't she just get them off pinterest exactly well pinterest wasn't around in 2007 was it i don't know but i guess that makes sense you know if phyllis 
goes over and says, sorry, we did this from your wedding. That's the perfect opening for Pam to bring it up. If she hadn't done that, she wouldn't have brought it up. Exactly. So, like, you just don't bring it up. Yeah. It's so insulting to take so many ideas and to be like, I hope you don't mind that we took the, the mint idea. Yeah, it's like Phyllis wanted her to say, don't worry. Okay. Well, Phyllis can say, you know, we took all of your ideas, but we also added our own ideas. Mm-hmm. So ours is better because like did you come up with the idea for little refrigerator magnets that look like refrigerators and when you open up you see a picture of the bride and groom that is actually really cute yeah deleted scene exclusive and the other one that i wanted to mention is when dwight's talking about how he busted the wedding crasher he says it's not the one you most expect or least expect and i didn't expect him or not expect him that's how i knew it was him and that is a joke that they basically used later in what episode? I'm thinking season six. Um, it's the episode where they find out Dunder Mifflin's going out of business, and they have a murder. Oh, I was actually gonna, I was gonna ask if that was what you were thinking. Cause yeah, it does sound like that, like um, Caleb Crawl Dad. Well, Dwight says, "I bet it's this person. It's never the person you m- most expect. It's also never the person you least expect. So I'm picking this person. They're the person I most medium suspect." <laughs> Which is a better joke, but and it's, season six. It's actually pretty good advice, too, because I feel like that is right on, on for law most and order. things. <laughs> on Law and Order. On, yeah, most things. Um, so who, well, that uh, was cool. I like that little tidbit. Let's go straight into... The club. Let's go to the club. The Finer Things Club. Oh, <laughs> you can find us in the club. It's going down. Finer Things Club. Um. Okay, so... The things that we liked a lot about this episode, that's what this category is for. And I don't want to spoil a later segment, but I really did like the opening, the cold opening. No. Okay, fine. <laughs> just just pick small little moments. We got a good one. Okay. We got a good crack open, a cold open. Okay. Brewing. Okay. Now I have to think of what these other things mean. Okay. One of my favorite ones is when Michael's talking to Phyllis. And he accuses her of breaking wind. And then she <laughs> says, that wasn't me. And then Michael does a, okay. <laughs> and he, he does one of those things. He does like those a, are, like a that's gym okay. That's my favorite. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I've adopted that into my, my um, speech patterns. Absolutely. Absolutely, have. I have. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny to say okay, okay. as like, okay. It's, it ends the argument. But you don't believe them. Yeah, I'm like, okay. You think what they said is ridiculous. <laughs> That's just so funny. But uh, but Michael does it in like kind of a really like peaceful way. Okay. Because it is her wedding day, you know, you got to kind of give it up. Okay. I have another thing though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, a, it's an emergency segment. Question. Oh, no. Who did it? Who farted? Yeah. Definitely Michael. Actually, no, I think it was the girl that was fixing Phyllis's hair right before she left. She crop dusted them. <laughs> wow, that was the person I most medium suspected. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that's a good theory. I was going to say Phyllis. I definitely don't think it's Michael. I just don't think that's the way he would act. He doesn't. He, he, you can he's always no tell shame. when he's lying. Yeah. And also the deleted scene where he's blaming it on her again with Bob there. And then he says that whoever what does he say whoever smelt it dealt it no denied it supplied it (laughs) denied it because he smelt it it. yeah exactly can't use that line he wasn't implicating himself um michael also 
refers to himself as employer of the bride, which is one of the highest titles that you can have at a wedding. So um, I really like that. And it was the spinoff sequel to Father of the Bride 2, right? Employer of the Bride 3. Employer of the Bride. Um, oh, I, uh, one of my lines I really love is Dwight's, there's too many people on this earth. We need a new plague. Yeah, we kind of do. I mean, I don't want to, I don't think we need a plague, but I just think that we've got some climate change going on and I don't know. It doesn't look good. So we need more birth control. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what we need. But it's um, so funny that he says that because it's not like there's so many humans on earth. Like he's in a crowded, like he is in a crowded place, but it's like all people they personally invited. Like, yeah. So it's like, it's like a funny misuse of that. Cause for a long time, when I would think of that quote, and I would try to figure out what episode it was coming from. I assumed it was one where they were walking in public. Because that's when you usually feel like that. I always think of it at um, the high school that him and Andy go to. Where they see his girlfriend who is a frozen Jim and yogurt. Andy? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just always think of it in that scene for some reason. No, I always think of it as them being in New York during the oh. during the corporate thing that would make more sense yeah but it's but it's not it's just like all they invited all these people and dwight's like half these people need to be wiped out (laughs) even it's like well they could have just not invited them and they also (laughs) wouldn't be here you don't have to wipe them off the face (laughs) of the earth dwight but anyway i love that line um yeah i mean back to that moment in the dressing room with phyllis and michael there's so many good lines in that little moment um just michael's reaction to the smell that is pungent <laughs> a pungent is such a good word mm. but it's he like squints his eyes and turns his head to the side yeah it's pungent yeah and then um says are you set on that hairstyle why don't we just cover up that bald patch which is just like her part oh i, I never heard that bald <laughs> cover patch up line. the bald patch and he like pulls her hair over to the side like it's so crazy because she obviously thought about her hair a lot if not had it professionally done at least done by somebody yeah on purpose so have just like no style mr scott come in and try to grab it that would be infuriating another moment i really like is vance refrigeration being mentioned in the wedding yeah that was amazing that's so good that is and and now her name is phyllis Phyllis lapin vance vance refrigeration (laughs) it's like a prefix like rn or md that's right yeah it's just comma vance refrigeration that's right you could put a vr but but no one knows what that means yeah that's like when i write my signature and i put m period s period comma c c c dash s l p (laughs) every time (laughs) do you really yeah oh man that's that's my full my full uh credentials my letters (laughs) wow so what else do you have for Finer Things Club? Anything? Well, just the looks um, by the looks by everyone when Michael's doing things in the wedding, especially Bob and Phyllis's faces when he's giving the speech, because you see them like kind of say something to each other. And then like, like, especially Bob, like when he says certain things, Bob will like turn and change his expression. And they're both not looking at each other and not looking at him. Just like praying for it to end. And then when his behavior during the ceremony, you get to see a lot of good faces too. And they're all really subtle. Like you would expect in an over-the-top comedy or even in real life for people to react more strongly to like this. Like 
like, oh my God, I can't believe he's doing this because that's what you're doing at home. Yeah, I mean, and that was part of the reception at the time, like in 2007, um, people were kind of annoyed that Michael Scott's actions were a little over the top, kind of like cartoonish or ridiculous. Yeah. I just say, let them eat cake. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And I also say that if you think this is crazy, just wait. I mean, you know, because oh, because yeah. it's not it's not too out of character. And honestly, Phyllis had to do this because she wanted six weeks off for a honeymoon. So, yeah, she had to put up with it. They set it up. Yeah, it's not like I mean, this is Michael and they. Yeah, I mean, we'll have a lot of chances to talk about his behavior. But let's go into a brand new segment suggested by someone on Facebook group about Michael's misuse of language called how the turntables. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Let them eat cake said by Margaret Thatcher about, about marriage. What? Oh, marriage. About marriage. <laughs> <laughs> but it was actually said by someone usually attributed to Marie Antoinette during the French Revolution. So when they say close. the people are like revolting because they have no bread. She's like, well, let them eat cake. Yeah. So out of touch. What else did he say? Uh, When he's giving his speech, he reads the definition for welding rather than wedding by saying it's the joining of two metals with a torch. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even realize that. (laughs) That is is actually really funny. And then he confuses the word metal with metals. Gold metals. Like metal with a T with metals with a D. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I don't know if this is misuse, but he does reference the uh, Princess Bride and say, Mewage. <laughs> I just love that toast. Yeah. I wish someone would do that at, if I ever get married. Marriage. Marriage. Mewage. Someone who can't say ours. Yeah. <laughs> That's speech. Yeah, I guess. Not so much language, but yeah. In that, uh, in that bit. Anything else for that one? Not that I know of. Cool. Well, that'll be a quick one. I think we can do that. Let Absolutely. Us, let us know what you think of the new segment called How, How the, the Turntables turn Have Turned Tabled. <laughs> uh, should we do Crack Open a Cold Open? Okay. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm going to let you kick this one off since I wouldn't <laughs> let you put it in finer things and now I feel bad. <laughs> It'll be better here anyway. Um, but this is about Pavlov's dogs. You it's mean some scientist? <laughs> some scientists. Yeah. Some scientists that Jim learned in school trained his dogs to salivate when they what get a bell oh ring a bell right yeah and so jim is doing this for dwight by turning off the computer and then handing him a mint yeah it's the is it the window sound yeah this is one of my favorite pranks i think because it's so smart and it takes so much patience it kind of reminds me of the um like putting the quarters in the phone when when it gets really heavy right. and then taking all of them out so that he smacks himself in the face with it. It's just, it's one of those things that shows you that the monotony of the day can be broken up by, you know, these little goals or things that um, will give you something to look forward to, which is to trick, just, I mean, something yeah. simple, you know, to trick him into wanting a mint. <laughs> yeah. So... This was uh, described by Ivan Pavlov, the Russian 
physiologist. And yeah, he would give him the food, ring the bell, dogs would salivate. And then he eventually was able to just ring the bell with no food and the dogs would still salivate because they'd associate that. Pretty basic. I don't know how people ever didn't understand that. But that's classical conditioning uh, because uh, classical conditioning is an involuntary response. So like salivating. So I guess the classical conditioning part would be Dwight's mouth tasting pad. Yeah. Not uh, more, not the hand going forward. Yeah, to the grab operant. The, the operant part would be the reaching yeah. out. And I've trained my dog to ring a bell when it's hungry. And what I really like about this is it's like a montage with, you know, um, Jim d- asking Dwight if he wants an Altoid and then giving it to him and then being like Altoid and then just like kind of showing it to him. And he's like, it's a thing you do in like a lot of therapy and, uh, and I, I do it in speech therapy, which is like fading cues. Yeah, you know, like Giving yeah. less and less help. And that's like what I did with my dog. At first I was like, I was just ringing the bell. And then I was forcing him to ring the bell with his paw. And then I was like putting him near the bell and he was ringing it. And then I was saying it and he was ringing it. And then I wasn't doing anything and he would ring it when he got hungry. But I think it works better on creatures that aren't able to tell that you're doing it to them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, why wouldn't it, Dwight at some point be like, hey. It's like the, the idea, I guess, is that Dwight doesn't notice the computer sound yeah uh consciously yeah and his like his brain somehow registers that yeah over time and it's a great plug for altoids yeah but it would have been totally ruined if at the end dwight was just like usually when you shut down your computer give me an altoid jim yeah (laughs) that's true that would have been the end of it you're like oh yeah it was a great reaction i guess my question would be how do you measure saliva you know like with Pavlov? Pavlov, yeah. Like well, they just drool, I think. Because they're like, you know, some dogs just drool like crazy. Yeah, but you got to have that quantified, I feel like, if you want to prove this classical conditioning mm. theory. Anyway, I don't know. Maybe they had little, like, Ziploc bags near the mouth. But this stuff happens anyway. So, like, uh, when Dwight says, oh, my mouth tastes so bad all of a sudden, it's like his mouth is getting ready to taste something. Yeah. And this happens as a big part of, like, drug addiction. Is that if Yeah. You, if you, they've, like, measure if you like go to the neighborhood that you're used to buying drugs your your brain like if you're gonna get cocaine or something your brain will like stop producing that oh serotonin in in like in um preparation for receiving like a huge dose of it or whatever yeah because that's a part of you know tolerance like Mm. like brain chemistry tolerance and then that can happen before you're even there so it's like if you're in the neighborhood your brain will literally start craving it because it like starts making it starts combating it before you've even gotten it. So that's why a lot of times people will get out of rehab, but then if they're like in that neighborhood again or something like that, they might relapse. Wow. Yeah. So it does happen to, you know, people that can think and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's like totally changing your brain, like the pathways that your brain moves and stuff. But I just think you have to be careful because now Dwight's going to be out there on the streets trying to get his Altoids. Yeah. It's like, you know. He needs it. He's got to have it. Always he's going to have bad taste in his mouth. But I do think it's kind of over the top that he mentioned it. But, you know, it would have been too subtle. Otherwise, they had to had to do it. That's a really good prank. I love it. And let's go straight into, let's make sure YouTube comes down to film this because I have a connecting point. Go ahead. Which is just that you would think that the documentary crew has been filming him all the time, offering him these Altoids. And then at some point... Jim told them during the Talking Heads, this is what I've been doing. And then they had to go back through the archives 
edit oh. out all these things to make their little montage. Because like, oh, is that why he was offering him Altoid? Let's go back and find every time he's offered him Altoid that we were filming. Yeah. Or Jim just told him ahead of time, but... You're going to want to see this. Yeah. yeah. You're going to... Yeah. Get ready for this. You think it's boring around here? Just wait. Just... For six months. Yeah. This Altoid <laughs> thing is really going to pay off. Yeah. Meanwhile, look at my paycheck because of all the Altoids I had to buy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, I love Altoids. I do too. But they... This is a big problem with Altoids, and even though this is kind of a plug for them, it's because Dwight's like, obviously, is the Altoids do leave that bad aftertaste that basically make you keep eating them until they're gone, you know, or until something distracts your mouth. Because, like, yeah, some some things dissolve and they're fine, like gum or whatever, but Altoids, they, like... They're so intense. Yeah, they're intense, and then when they're gone, you're like, your mouth is like, I need that again. Yeah. Otherwise, my mouth will taste bad. It is a perfect thing to use for this because anything else, you know, it doesn't have as intense of a flavor, so your brain isn't going to, like, make that connection. Good point, doctor. Thank you. Um, Just call me Pavlov. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, Pavlov. (laughs) So, for the our YouTube segment, I also just have the footage of the wedding from Jeff and Michael's mom. Um, because we we see Michael as he's talking about it, he's also watching it in the break room, and it's like an old, you know, family um, video, which we don't get to see Michael very opt- often as a kid. We got to see him in that show that he was in as a child, Fundle Bundle, Fundle Bundle. Yes, I knew you'd remember the name. <laughs> um, and now we get to see him around the same age, same outfit, same actor. No. Maybe. I don't know. It was so scratchy. You can't really tell. And that's kind of what I like about it is like you can tell that it's home footage because it's scratchy, black and I don't know if it's black and white, but it's like faded. It's not black and white. It's like that 70s, 60s fade. Yeah. Yeah. And then a really cute golden retriever took his place. So he's back for round two. He wants revenge. He's got something to prove. Yeah, he really does. I can do better. I will do better. I won't pee my pants this time. I might fart in the dressing room. I definitely won't yell, I hate you at anyone during this wedding. Which reminded me a lot of um, the movie Step Brothers when he yells, um, <laughs> this wedding is horse <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It is interesting because he's showing it on the TV in the break room and the camera crew is filming it. By the way, this is the segment where we talk about the documentary stuff. Yeah. But that's a cool way of doing it. It wasn't like he gave them the footage to go edit in. Yeah, exactly. He's just watching it at the office for some reason to get pumped. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's, yeah, he's reminiscing. Well, here's stoked. Here's another one. Uh, Michael says, Phyllis is just as beautiful as the, when the day she started working at Dunder Mifflin. And she says, that's nice. Just like when you said it earlier, which means he was saying it again for the camera. He was trying to look good on camera. Yeah. That was okay. the only difference. Interesting, yeah. So like he doesn't usually show very much awareness of wanting to look good on the camera. In fact, like he was like talking to the camera while hiding from Andy, remember? Oh yeah. Yeah, so so it's weird. Like there's that theory about Bob Vance always talking about Vance refrigeration, so it'll be in the show. Not that you oh, do it yeah. all the time. This episode kind of breaks that because you would think you wouldn't need to mention it in your wedding ceremony like if you've mentioned it all these times on the show otherwise like would you want that to be in your wedding forever yeah I if mean, you were just doing it for the show i don't know it's it's where does the line of tackiness start and end because if you're gonna take someone's ideas down to 
their dress. Mm-hmm. It's just super tacky. I felt like this whole wedding was pretty tacky. For our modern hipster tastes. I yeah, guess. Not yeah. very cool. They yeah, play, no. they play the... Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. Who plays that? Unless you're like in a Looney Tunes cartoon. Actually... You want to show that you got married. Actually, I don't mean to sound like Oscar here, but actually, I played that at a wedding myself on the piano once. I played in a wedding. Cool. And I played... Dun, 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 dun. And actually... And then you turned it into a little jazzy number. Well, it's kind of embarrassing because I did the same thing that Michael did where like I played the first chord of it because I thought the wedding was over, but it wasn't. For the first time as a couple. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I know what I did. I was I was like 16, so. Just warming yeah. up. Yeah, I was like, okay, okay. Cracking my knuckles. I was super nervous. So, yeah, that's yeah, what I happened. Um, At my wedding, the walking down the aisle theme, I got my my friend Katiri and and some of her friends to to play a classical gar- guitar quartet and they played an arrangement of the theme song from a Jurassic Park <laughs> that's amazing it was really nice <laughs> i thought you were going to say you played um it was like like all nice that's really that's really cool cuz at the time uh Brian and i did a podcast about Jurassic Park <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Now that's forever in in our wedding. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, but uh, eh, that's cool. So here's another thing was, which I only noticed this time, but a lot of times if you were going to film something like a wedding, right, you'd be, you have like at least two cameramen there because they're like spaced out and you'd be off filming different people doing things during the wedding and then you would edit it together Yeah, to be like. This was a. Like this was interesting things that were happening, but it was oh. like people were doing things at different times. Some of them might have been happening at the same time, like a cameraman's over here and another cameraman's over there, but not in this case. And here's how you know: it'll show Scrantonicity starting a song, and then that same song is playing in the background, muffled without stops, while these next scenes are happening. So it's like they not only did these scenes happen, but they all happened in the right order and roughly the same time. And not that they all played to like their extent, but like they don't like jump around and there's a different song playing in the background. There's a different song, you know, every time they cut, it's like a little bit later in that same song. So obviously what they did to make the show is they filmed, they recorded that band playing it. They turned it down, muffled it, put in crowd noise and then played it over while they were showing these scenes. But it doesn't really make sense in the show because there would have been music playing in the background too. It would have just been another song probably, right? Yeah. I guess the only scene that it really made sense for was um, the scene that you see Roy and Pam dancing to the same song um, that Dwight and Angela are dancing to. Mm-hmm. And they're outside. And then Michael is also singing along to it, which is um, the song. I don't It's called You Were Meant For Me. Yeah. The Jewel song. Jewel. Yeah. I want to talk about that later. But yeah, I agree with you. I guess that's how they edited it edited it it um but i felt like that the editing was really purposeful in terms of what songs are playing and what is going on with the plot true so i don't know i guess that brings us to the references unless you have something else for we got to make sure youtube's now, comes out to film this yeah let's do the references kevin's chilies so should we go right at that song list yeah 
the Scrantonicity set list? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so we did have a lot of deep cuts, but yeah, I did recognize all these these uh police songs. What, what did you, you think? Get? Um, well, I liked the Fields of Gold. That was when Pam was kind of like spying on Jim and Karen. Mm-hmm. They're slow dancing, and then Jim looks up and sees that Pam is staring at them. Yeah, she looks away. And that kind of sets off the uh, the fact that Pam is going to kind of try to hang out with Roy now. You right. Because she feels left out. Or she just feels sad. And then the Jewel song, You Were Meant For Me. Which is really sweet because Roy had Scranton Nissy play that. And they don't normally even play any other songs besides police songs. Yeah, did he pay them before so they could learn it? Yeah. How do they know that? So it's called You, for- you Were Meant For Me? Okay. It starts with the the one that starts with even after you're gone. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I don't think they would know that song, but they do a, a good one when in the show. I didn't know that show. Uh, that song. In the show, it sounds like it was another band from around the same time as the Police cuz that's the way they arranged it. But the real song doesn't sound like that. No, I really like the real song though. It's really emotional. <laughs> yeah. So that's cute that Roy and Pam, that's their song. Yeah. Oh, maybe they learned it for their wedding. <gasps> you did it. <laughs> what? You cracked the code. <laughs> the jewel code. Because, yeah, they would have learned it. That that wedding was really close. They already made the food and everything. And Scranton Nissy was going to play it. Yeah. That, that could have been their third wedding instead of just playing two of the Bammer's wedding. Oh, yeah. question. Why, why would you want to play At your during own your own wedding. wedding? It's like really time consuming to be in a wedding. And, yeah. and it's also really time consuming. I feel like really super distracted whenever I play music. I'm like, I got to think about what I'm doing. I got to get ready. Do, yeah, you can only do one or the other. I can't even really be that social during either of yeah. those because, or in my experience, the, yeah. one, the one time I got married, but also like all the times I play music, I'm like a little bit distracted and stressed out when I'm going to play that day until I'm done. Yeah. So that would, that would be really hard. Unless they just went up and played a few songs on the other band's instruments or something. But yeah, that doesn't sound very feasible. Yeah. Um, what else did Scranton City play that was that was poignant? Well, Roxanne. I love how they they're like Uncle Alice missing. It's really serious. Roxanne. <laughs> yeah, Kevin does not hit those first few notes, and the whole band sounds so sloppy. Yeah, it's kind of like the joke. But then later on, they sound pretty good. Like yeah. it's not like distracting anymore. Yeah, and then that the falsetto. other. Roxanne. Yeah. <laughs> it does sound just like Kevin though, which is great. Yeah. Um every move you make or is it every breath you take, whatever it is. I'll be watching it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's every breath you take. Um and right as that is playing, Pam is leaving with Roy and mm-hmm. Jim is watching them take breaths and move. He's watching you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what about message in a bottle? They actually don't get to that part of the song, but I'm pretty sure that's the one they're playing. Because then it goes into the SOS to the world. That's SOS. It's called Message in a Bottle. But yeah, that's I searched SOS. I thought that was what it was called too. But I'm pretty sure that's what it was, but they didn't get to that part of the song, so I'm not completely sure. Wait. A year has passed since yeah. I wrote my notes. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Well, the Family Guy has a good joke about Sting's lyrics, like how they're really hard to understand. You can only understand the last few words he says. So it was like the, the fields of gold. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> and there's like a bunch of them like that. Um, and as you walk in fields of gold. Um, the other one I got is every little thing she does is magic, which they're doing as kind of a karaoke live karaoke band number. Oh yeah, with Karen, with Karen. Singing, trying her very best to convince Jim that everything she does is magic. Every Even, little thing. Every little thing that she does, yeah. And uh, Jim's face during that one is not super stoked. He's. Like, I feel like she did a really good job. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could never do that. But he's distracted. Yeah, he is. But he doesn't He doesn't make like a super enthusiastic face, but then he like gets into it and like a really... Like, mm, what would a cheer. person do? Like, if I were a bad actor, pretending yeah. like I was into this, what would I do? But... John Krasinski's a good actor, so he also conveys. That's not really how he feels. So, oh, John Krasinski. Yeah. And, oh, uh, poor Karen. There was a reference to some food as well. The chicken was dry. It was fish. I'll take care of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Princess Bride was mentioned. That's right. I mean, in the um the cheers or the toast. toast. Yeah. Um, and then two of my favorite movies that go into the same category i would say probably wedding crashers and grizzly man (laughs) (laughs) have you seen both of those films yeah i have have you i have which one did you like better well so hard to compare but grizzly man (laughs) i'm gonna just i'm just gonna fact check here i'm gonna make sure they came out in the same year because i don't really believe dwight's story i believe it that's that's around the time i can't believe grizzly man August 12th, 2005. That's what I was I was going to say. 2005 for at least Wedding Crashers. July 15th, 2005. So it's possible. They must have had Google. Even though they... Well, and then they also referenced a person. The Queen of England. <laughs> That's Elizabeth You'll II. She was about as the queen of 80 England. years old at the time. Oh, She's yikes. still alive. She's 93 years old. Or, I can't believe it. I mean, if she's still alive when this podcast comes out, I've been taking a couple extra weeks to edit them sometimes. <laughs> oh my god if she does die in the next couple of weeks you're gonna feel so bad i'll feel i'll start predicting other people <laughs> yeah use my powers for good yeah i would love for you to do that i, I can name a few yeah um jeffrey epstein oh just kidding <laughs> oh if, i mean if he's if he's not dead before this podcast comes out <laughs> okay where are we at here we're in a segment called second beverage yes aka second drink and we have we have something that you might never have heard of um but you should have heard of it it's called wild basin that's right we're both drinking wild basins it's a hard seltzer but it's called a boozy sparkling water from oscar blues this one's a melon basil i'm going with the cucumber peach and it is quite delightful both of these ones are really good I think that this would make a really good cocktail. Mm. Yeah, because it doesn't taste like booze at all. You could totally put more in there. <laughs> yeah. If you wanted. <laughs> if you wanted to up the ante. Um, what are we at here? Were we at 5%? Yep, that's right. We're at 5%. Super refreshing. I'm going to say better than The White Target Claw. brand um, oh, yep. seltzer that I got. And White Claw has been getting really popular. And I do think White Claw is the best of the ones that are mainstream available better than what's that other one truly stuff but it just has boring flavors like don't make one of your flavors is it like lemon and lime yeah and don't say no laws with a clause and then not have cucumber peach you know i know th- these flavors are way better yeah and the, the in the mix pack the worst one they have is just lime i mean most boring no i'm just trying to think of a 
um, slogan we could come up with for Wild Basin. Um, what are you basing your decisions on when you're buying seltzer? It uh, better be... It's a little wordy. Yeah, it's a little wordy. We'll, we'll whittle it down. We'll get back to you. Uh, no sense chasing that claw when you got the basin. That's right. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, that's so... the segment where we talk about what we're drinking when we open our second drink. That's right. And our next segment is called Fashion Show, Fashion Show, Fashion Show at Lunch, where we talk about fashion. We sure do. I only have one, so hopefully it's not the same as yours. I have one as well. What's yours? It's about Phyllis's dress and Kelly's dress. Okay, mine's about Kelly's dress. So start with Phyllis. Um, well, Phyllis is wearing white. She's wearing the same dress as Pam was going to wear. Um, in a different size. I was going to say that, but I didn't because I'm not a bitch. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's literally the same dress. <laughs> literally the same exact dress, just taken out mm-hmm. at the seams. Um, That's what, like, when people are like, oh, we're wearing the same shirt. I'm like, no, yours is over there. <laughs> this is, they're, they're not the same yeah, shirt. This- we got them both at King Supers <laughs> College North, but they, doesn't mean that they're the same exact shirt. They look identical, but that doesn't mean they're the same. They're still two shirts. They have their own personalities. Don't lump them together. Yeah, they're like twins. They're fraternal shirts. Exactly. Or, or dresses. Exactly. But yeah, um, and then what were you going to say about Kelly's dress? I love it. <laughs> it's a white dress. It's emergency. Because she looks really good in white. She's wearing a tiara, like a diamondy tiara, and then a sparkly golden light shawl later, like around her. Like, or is a shawl the right word? What's the thing? That, like like a scarf, you know? Yeah. That, like doesn't go over you. Is a, shawl, it? is there, a shawl is the right word. Um. And it's kind of like a halter top or like kind of like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's cute. It looks great. She does look really good in white. It complements her skin tone. I wouldn't be mad. I don't think anyone was mad except for uh, Meredith, which is the only line she gets in this episode. Yeah. I mean, question. Uh-huh. Where Oscar, Meredith. Um, Oscar had a couple. Stanley. Deleted scenes. His got left on the cutting room floor. Remember? He was talking about how he'd been to a wedding before, and then he was talking about wanting to get married, but didn't, he didn't want to ruin everyone's heterosexuality. Oh, yeah. Oscar, yeah. yeah. Sarcastically, he said. Yeah. And he's not... Well, he's oh, an angry yeah. Man, he's right? an angry man. He can't but even he get couldn't out. But <laughs> he couldn't go... T- <laughs> They're not really friends with him. Oh, man. Um, I don't trust you, Phyllis, is the last thing he yelled <laughs> at her face. At her face. <laughs> Invitation revoked. Yep immediately but they still let michael come so um well, that's the only way to get six weeks speaking of the characters mm-hmm. let's do it do you, do you think the world is crawling with phyllis's not anymore they're all locked down <laughs> what do you they're call not it? crawling around anymore yeah if you like the phyllis you got to put a ring on it <laughs> plus phyllis is like latin for love it is well, it's the same root as file right <laughs> i guess I don't know. Like what are some famous that. things you can file? You can uh, be like an audio file where you love audio. And you I can, think that's yeah, that's about it. <laughs> so it makes sense. Nothing illegal. So. <laughs> kind of like karaoke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, let's go through those characters that we like so much. Okay. Um. So Ryan's not in it. Well, well, Ryan does one thing in this episode. What does he do? When Phyllis is throwing the bouquet, Ryan jumps up and swats it out of the air so that Kelly can't catch it. Wow, good, (laughs) good catch. It's really, it's really fast, and they don't like go back to it or anything, and they don't show Kelly's reaction. 
Wow, I didn't even notice that. He just like jumps up from the back and hits it so that because Kelly's like super excited right in the middle trying to grab it. Which then makes it possible for Toby's girlfriend to catch it. Mm -hmm. Or I don't know if they're girlfriend and boyfriend, but they met at the gym. It's kind of hard to believe, um, as everyone says, but kind of amazing. It is kind of amazing. (laughs) One of the great. Seemingly impossible love stories of our... I don't think he stays together for very long. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Um, so, Kelly, yeah, she's just doing her thing. She's um, about to catch the bouquet, apparently. She has some great advice for Pam. Which is... That she would freak out and tell someone she's pregnant. Oh, yeah, get really drunk, freak yeah. out, and tell someone she's pregnant. Which, I don't know, getting drunk and then saying you're pregnant, not a good idea. Yeah, because then they're going to be like, why are you drinking if you're pregnant? Exactly. But he, she pulls that later to have a dinner with Ryan. Yeah, she does. She It's her move. And Ryan even calls her out on it and says, hey, you can't just tell everyone you're pregnant. Oh, no, that's Michael. <laughs> you can't keep... Uh... You, you can't keep just telling people you're pregnant. Oh, wait, no. D- doesn't she say she was raped? And they say that you can't do that every time? Uh, I can't remember now. That sounds really harsh. I wonder if... <laughs> like, I feel like we would have mentioned that if that had happened already. That sounds very uh, not of this decade. I think it's pregnant, but we'll keep an eye on it. Is that no? You can't do that every time. It's it's when she's giving Dwight and Jim their bad performance review. Oh yeah, that's caught. right. Performance we'll, review. We'll have to see. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll go with that out in case that's not true. Because what a terrible thing to guess about. <laughs> Doesn't she say she was raped? <laughs> I, I think she does though. Doesn't she? <laughs> <laughs> she she has she has a lot of in, uh, inappropriate things to say. Um, Kevin obviously in Scrantonicity. And he has some really good looks to the camera, too. Or some of them are in deleted scenes, I think. But he does, like, these little side eyes. Yeah, and we also learn in the deleted scenes that he's proposed to four different girls. And only one of them says yes, which is Stacy, which is awesome, even though it's his second choice. Out of the four. Yeah. Oh, man. Poor Stacy. You know, that's one of those things. I, I think that's kind of, um, it's crazy to say, but I think that's too much. It's like too extreme of a character thing for him to have which is crazy because later on he'll like try to glue a turtle back together and stuff. <laughs> but at this time but i do think that says a lot about the psychology you know it's kind of like later on when like andy is like just been carrying around a engagement ring but like the psychology i don't know if people realize that haven't done it but like to be in a position where somebody might say no to your proposal you probably shouldn't be proposing i know and that does happen but like Three times it happened. He didn't learn from that mistake at all. Like by the third time, I'd be like, "All right, Maybe so if I propose, you would say yes, right?" Yeah, or like have a conversation beforehand. Like maybe someone, you know, you mentioned marriage. Like, would that be a possibility for you? Instead of like, I don't know, proposing to someone in a cheerleader costume at a Diwali celebration, you know, something like that. That's right. Just spitballing. Out, yeah. <laughs> but you know. Stacy eventually also says no, so four for four. <laughs> or zero for four. Whatever you want to say. <laughs> four for four in uh, hilarious dumpings. Um, speaking of hilarious dumpings. Um... <laughs> no, that, was, that wasn't that was her. <laughs> um, Meredith isn't really present. No, she just she? Uh, talks about Kelly's wedding dress, saying you shouldn't wear white to a wedding. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um. I love Toby's Toby when Toby. he gets a big kiss after yeah. she catches the thing. Yeah. Um, Stanley. 
I'm going to start saying that. Not Toby. I'm going to start saying Addy. Yeah. Addy Stanley <laughs> has a toaster. How could this have happened, you might say? Isn't there a registry? I think this might be the toaster that he tried to bring back to the store. They said they no longer sold that kind of toaster. And now his oh, family has two toasters. That's actually, yeah, that's correct. So he just disregarded the registry. And then he just brought a toaster anyway. Yeah. I think Unbelievable. you're right. Unbelievable. It's the thought that counts. And you know who's really thinking about it is Creed. Yeah. Because he's just, he's switching cards. And that is a good move. Yeah. The biggest present on the whole table. He just switches the card. And he pocketed the other card in case there's some cash in there. Oh, yeah. Or did he throw it away? I think he threw it away, but he probably checked for cash beforehand. Yeah, he, that sounds like him. Angela. Is as beautiful as the Queen of England. And her criticism of Phyllis's dress being so white, it's, her eyes are burning. Yeah, because she's no, she knows she's probably not a virgin, right? Yeah. These call her easy writer, so <laughs> unlikely. Yeah, and Angela, I, I don't want to keep going back to the deleted scenes, but she did have a pretty good deleted scene where... A subplot, even. Yeah, where Phyllis is trying to set her up by putting her next to a person that she might like, um... And at first, Angela's very against it. And this guy is a vet. He's also very Christian, mm -hmm. which is right up Angela's alley. And he then does spiritual healing for cats, especially for leukemia. Yep. Um, and then he does one better and says, hey, Angela, didn't think you were so promiscuous because Angela turns him down because she says she's seeing someone and he goes, oh, that's fine. And then but she's like, see a ring. well, I'm seeing him. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, well, I'm seeing him intimately, even though we're not married. And he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, because that's what Angela would say. It's a taste of her own medicine. I it's love it. Great. It is great. They really were meant for each other, you know, until one of them made a single mistake. Yeah, <laughs> that, that would be that. <laughs> <laughs> True. Oh, man. Or like if he ever put down a cat. Yeah, he might. He's a vet. He might have to. OK, so let's talk about Roy and Pam. Roy pays that 20 bucks. He notices things about the wedding. It's kind of like moving his arc forward of being a better person, trying to win her back. Pretty obvious, but... I mean, I think to an extent it's working. At the beginning of the episode, I kind of, you know, felt bad for Pam because how painful would it be to be at a wedding that was supposed to be your own? Yeah. with an ex but she seems totally fine she seems like at peace with it and honestly kind of glad that she's not with roy mm -hmm. and then he kind of makes a couple moves that well actually i don't even think it had anything to do with him i think it mostly had um to do with jim and karen's you know intimate dance to fields of gold i agree i also think so Pam's a very thoughtful, romantic person. Yeah. She planned this wedding to celebrate the best part of her and Roy's relationships, including like the flowers and, you know, all these things. So she was like thinking about him when he was making all these plans, even though he wouldn't help. She was making the plans with Jim. But now to actually literally be in that environment for an extended period of time, he she's getting all those remindings at once. And yeah. Yeah over the top is that song that Roy yeah. manipulates. So. And not only 
that, but he also notices the small details of the flowers. Although he didn't realize it at the time, he kind of acknowledges the fact that he wasn't there for her during yeah. the planning of it and notices the the roses are the same color that he got her for prom and and he indirectly compliments her wedding planning skills by by yeah being like, wow this is a really nice wedding yeah and then he's also like pretty forward in terms of hey want to dance hey want to get out of here mm-hmm. and i think that's something that was missing just those like in their relationship previously is just the like gestures or the you know the motion of hey i do care about you here's what old roy would have done now, come on, let's go. And then he'd pull around the truck and honk his horn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I don't know. She's falling for it a little bit. I don't blame her. Yeah. And so, let's go into Jim and Karen. Because Jim has a moment where he admits that Pam dancing is cute. Yeah, and then immediately after says to the documentary crew that, hypothetically, if I thought Pam was interested, dot, dot, dot. And then says... No, and you don't really know what he's going to say, which he probably was going to say something when I'd break up with Karen and ask her out. (laughs) I don't know. That's going to be such a pain. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then hypothetically later, here's the real hypothetical. I'm glad I'm with Karen. The interesting, the deleted scene, they took out Karen just being on her phone playing a game and kind of like showing more because in this one they don't really show them being disconnected not at all like karen and jim they uh that's just like kind of comes out of the blue it's just about pam karen's like blameless the other one it was like they're not really having that much fun there although if every relationship ended because someone was playing a game on their phone (laughs) we would have no couples in this country yeah it seemed pretty harmless yeah but still it was like a moment that was like he's like okay you know but we've been getting enough of that over the last few weeks anyway. Yeah, it's kind of continuation of that under the surface. But they can still go to the wedding and have a good time. Okay, well, what about Dwight? We, we get some good Dwight moments. Yeah, he's been kind of coerced into being the bouncer for uh, making sure that no one's going to crash the wedding. By Jim. Yep. And then... <laughs> <laughs> not not anyone involved with the wedding. Nope. Um. Which is another good prank, in my opinion. Um, but then he bounces Uncle Al, which is really, honestly, pretty sad because I it cuts Uncle to Al. yeah, it cuts to a scene of him almost getting hit by a car, and that's dementia serious. Yeah, but it's also like Dwight's inability to understand. Like he saw the movie Wedding Crashers, he still doesn't understand that this old man putting a buttered roll into his pocket is not. A wedding crasher <laughs> out for tail, like, <laughs> like yeah, he exactly. Can't, he can't figure it out. Like he, he maybe he's like the least. Remember how when he says like, I don't care if if you're, um, you know, black, Hispanic, some kind of havesy, you know, whatever. Yeah, maybe he really is the least racist person because he is incapable of profiling. <laughs> yeah, he really <laughs> he is. Can't figure out that this is not the profile of a wedding crasher. He will never put people into boxes as much as he absolutely needs to, and some. Yeah. You know, some situations. Yeah. He can't believe that Oscar's gay. <laughs> <laughs> Although when he really does need to bounce someone, it's Michael. Oh, and it right. gives him no pleasure. But 
he must do what the bride and groom ask. And honestly, Michael does respect that. <laughs> yeah, but Dwight smiles. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite things is about Dwight, not my finer thing. Uh, I really like Dwight's talking about the Shroot family tradition, which they get married in their graves, which makes funerals romantic, but weddings bleak. A bleak affair. <laughs> I love the way he says a bleak affair. Uh, <laughs> but they do call that back at the very end when... Dwight gets married to Angela. They are standing in their own graves, which I'm sure was just like a one-off line earlier. Yeah. In this case, but that actually does turn out to be. Thing. They they had no idea this early on that those two would. Well, maybe they did know they would end up together, but regardless, they didn't know they were going to get married, and that's yeah, that's kind of interesting to think about. It's funny that it's just a family tradition. It's not like that culture. Well, yeah. Because it's not <laughs> so. Just the schwit the. Sh- Dwight Schrute. And then when he's talking about being a wedding crasher, investigator type thing to Jim, he is so close to Jim's face. Yeah, he could spit in his face on accident. Great deleted scene where when Jim and Karen do walk in, they go, oh, you're not checking IDs? It's going to be a madhouse. Yeah. <laughs> and then Dwight has to check Oscar's ID. <laughs> even and though says he, knows who it is. he would accept a green card. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe not like appropriate these days but honestly pretty funny he's just trying to get some he said a passport because he won't get even accepted driver's license it sounded like (laughs) he was going to take a passport or some other legal form but should we go right into well should we do uh phyllis and and bob or or go to michael next michael we've already talked about phyllis and bob i think that's true we don't really have much else to say yeah oh wait except i do have one thing let's say phyllis and bob I'm going to say, question, do you think it was worth it? Was it worth it, the six weeks, having Michael in the wedding? No. Because what are you going to get besides that four weeks? That's enough time for a honeymoon. I know. And this is... This is their wedding. the moment. Yeah. There's like so many. Like he says that he's going to make a toast for 40 minutes. He comes (laughs) up with four opening lines for his toast. Like... You're and right. then this he, is Michael related, actually. <laughs> and then he goes into the cake tasting and ruins that moment too. Like, and walking down the aisle. Okay. Question though: When did the cake tasting happen? Um, Before the speeches? Well, it was the the closing. Um, yeah, in the show. But like they'd already left at the end of the show. This seems to me like another Diwali song. Like this doesn't really fit. No, it doesn't really fit anywhere or into like the plot. Or like the Gadar scene at the end of Gay Witch Hunt. Like, it, it doesn't really make sense because it would have had to happen before the end of the episode, but there's no real time it could have happened because they wouldn't have had the cake before the toast, but then he got thrown out after I don't the toast. know how weddings... When do you usually cut the cake in weddings? I mean... I feel like it's pretty soon after, like, the first dance or whatever. Yeah, but Which I don't think... we didn't get to see a first dance... Yeah, I, I really don't think it could have happened before then. I feel like it probably would have happened after the toast. Okay. Because that's when they're, everyone's eating, right? So right after the toast and then... Oh, yeah, right. Right after the toast and before he got thrown out. Yeah. So it's like they could have put in that cake scene and had him get thrown out for that. Yeah. But then they would have also had to end the speech earlier somehow. And then it would have been another scene. Yeah. It did kind of seem like he was getting thrown out in a different scene in the deleted scenes, right? Like they, Like they, it was kind of an one or the other yeah situation. well 
I think that those like last scenes, they're kind of like the cold open where it doesn't really have, it kind of feels like a deleted scene. You know, it's like there's no real place to put it in the episode, but it gives you like the mood to end on. And so they're taking their artistic um, liberties in terms of like suspending the documentary style and the plot line Mm -hmm. in order to give you like a note to end on or a note to begin on. Yeah. That's right. Crack closed a cold closing. Crack closed a closed closed. Yes, exactly. Exactly what you said. So Michael's job is to co-give away the bride, which is funny. He's just pushing (laughs) a wheelchair, but he's he's gonna be there. So that's the part of the ceremony he's in. But when Albert by the way, both the old men and the Elbert. Oh, Elbert. Elbert and Al. Which Uncle at first Al. I thought Elbert. going into this episode, I thought they were both the same old white guy because they look really similar, but they're different. No, one has no hair and one has gelled stiff hair. <laughs> oh. My bad. Oh. <laughs> what is. <laughs> I've been listening to you for a half hour. <laughs> yeah, that's- and, and a everything lot of this went... went right over my head. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Um, I know. But anyway, when when Elbert yeah. tries... It sounds like a Game of Thrones thing. <laughs> <laughs> when Elbert's trying to get up to make his big moment, but Michael puts both of his hands on his shoulders and tries <laughs> to shove him back down into his chair to avoid that. So selfish. And he won't let him stop before, which is why he has to put on the brakes. The wheelchair brakes. Oh, right. But then, because he put on the wheelchair brakes, and Michael doesn't understand that, he ends up pushing the... Pulling, or like... Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like in jerks, because he can't roll it, because the brakes are still on. And then once he gets to the altar, he still is going in the tempo of, you know, walk, rest, rest, walk, rest, rest, walk. So funny. (laughs) And (laughs) my impression was that... That was supposed to be his only job. Like, Albert went to sit down. That's what Michael should have done. But because this happened, he now decides he's going to be on the stage in the wedding party. I'm sure that wasn't the plan. No, that was never the plan. And he doesn't even go to the end of the line. He shoves his way before the last person. Incredible. Um, Just wanting to be the center of attention. I, I really think one of the most painful moments is his... I mean, the speech is obvious, but like his trying to announce them, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time as a couple. Ladies and oh yeah, when he like jumps out and says that, which obviously wasn't planned, and everyone's just silent. Staring that is in. really awkward. Because like no one can tell him to like shut up without yeah, like making the wedding even worse. And then the next time that he says it, it's kind of cut off by the music, but he just speeds up and says it like. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, that's how he should have said it the first time if he was going to say it at all. Yeah, (laughs) that was really bad. He just wants to be the, uh, you know, I think Jim and Pam learned a lot of lessons about this. They did because they, although they had their wedding be interactive, it was small parts for everyone Mm -hmm. versus like using someone to get what they wanted and giving them, you know, yeah, that leeway everybody kind of got to do their own thing um although that wasn't really planned he still ends up yelling i hate you oh yeah at this at not not jim and pants but like he tried to be better and he basically proved he couldn't be 
I mean, and at Jim and Pam's wedding, he told Meemaw that Pam was pregnant. No, so... Jim did. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Michael actually kind of saves it by getting Meemaw to stay. Meemaw, people have sex now. They're, they're going to they're going to name the baby after you. Going to name it Meemaw. <laughs> but no. But I mean, but ultimately, it was Michael's fault that Meemaw knew because, well. I don't. Anyway, we'll get to that That's point a, at some well, yeah. point. But, um, but Michael, I don't know. He's the murderer. I don't know. Yeah, he's the murderer. He always is. He didn't get better. You know, the only redemption he gets though is he does hang out with Uncle Al the whole time, and which is what keeps Uncle, him from wandering yeah. away. And I doubt so that he might have saved Uncle Al's life. He it's might true. Have saved a life. I can't say, but so not only did I he did. not murder anyone, he saved a life. He saved Uncle Al. No, he did both. He didn't know. He was so bad during that speech. And yeah. Just like he didn't have a place there. He doesn't realize employer of the bride is not a thing. It's the most important wedding until my wedding. <laughs> um. Oh, Michael. But the way he's always treated Phyllis as like. Older than him, like um, yeah. like matronly, mm-hmm. even though they're the same age. And just everyone must be thinking, what what is this guy doing? He's going to be in all these videos. By the way, they're going to have a, not great because Michael wasn't on, but they will have a wedding video because of this documentary. That's true. They've got multiple cameramen running around during the entire ceremony. For free. You know how much wedding photographers cost? Yeah. Well, I just think that the way that Bob Vance handled Michael is really respectable because there was multiple times where he had to step in and say, hey, Mm -hmm. or... You know, for example, Michael saying, if you put a finger on <laughs> Phyllis and he's like, well, if you put a finger on Phyllis, like I love he's always there. I'll kill you. Yeah. He's always like right there. He knows what an idiot Michael is. Yeah. And he I, doesn't need to pretend like Michael's doing a good thing. No, he's he also doesn't. not nearly as angry as he could or maybe should be. I think that's what makes it seem so idiotic of Michael is that. Um, Bob is reacting to it, but, and strongly, but not as strongly as you might expect or want him to act. And these are not like, like they didn't say, Michael, make a speech, come up, stand here. You know, he got one role. They opened the door. Michael stuck his foot in there and maybe he would have been happy with that. But once Elbert stood up, then... That's why he's like standing up on stage. He's not even supposed to be up there. He's supposed to be sitting at his seat in the deleted scene. You know, he's standing up there. He grabs the microphone. That's why he's standing beside them instead of like sitting in one of the chairs over there. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like he's totally like usurped to the whole ceremony and they're being a lot nicer than they need to be. But they do eventually kick him out, which I think is for the best. Me too. And it's great that they don't actually let him back in. Yeah. But Phyllis forgives him at the end. Yeah. Because he of Albert. I think we did it. We did, except for the Dundies. Dundies and rating. Uh, well, I think the Dundies kind of obvious, but uh, but we'll have to pick oh, different really? people. So yeah. Okay, mine mine is obvious to me, but I don't know if it was obvious to you. Well, say yours first. Okay, I'm gonna give my Dundee to Kelly. Okay. <laughs> for wearing white to a wedding and looking good while doing it. All right. It was an emergency, and I do believe it was an emergency. Well, 
Who would you give your Dundee to then? If it was obvious, who do you think is obvious? I thought it was obvious that Flop would get it. <laughs> Flop. Because they got married. But you know, their wedding was such a sh- show because it of was Michael. Tacky. I'm going to give it to Toby. Toby. Man. Because he is a hot girl at this good looking, wedding. Good looking lady he's got. So. All right. And, uh, Toby and Kelly. I, I feel nice like that's to a... finally win one. Yeah. I feel like this is a first. Toby and Kelly. Wow. They never get Dundies. That's right. Great. Enjoy those Dundies. I think Kelly's gotten them before. Definitely diversity day. Oh, yeah. And let's do our rating. It's one out of seven. Seven being absolutely I do. Six being pretzel, pretzel day. day. Five being beach, beach day. day. Four being Alfredo's, Alfredo's Pizza, Pizza Cafe. Cafe. Three being a little stitious. Two being garbage, garbage the, the cat. cat. And one, one being, being this just. just Stinks. Okay. And we have to agree on this too? No, we say them at the same time. Okay. Or we know I have to agree eventually. Okay. We have to disagree on the Dundee. Okay. All right. Three, Three two, two, one. Beach day. day. Oh, man. <laughs> we still, we still do high, high fives because we don't even agree. <laughs> uh, what do you think? Well, beach day because I like when everyone's out of the office. Yeah. I like when um we get to see like relationships move forward mm-hmm. or backward sure we get great michael moments um it's hardcore uncomfortable some of those yeah so you said pretzel day six out of seven mm-hmm. and i said beach day so what didn't you like about it all right i'll go with pretzel day yes <laughs> i was hoping I you'd do been... that because i uh because i usually cave on this <laughs> yeah that's true you do okay I'll go pretzel. I really like this one when I got it's got a lot of things we learn and especially getting into the psychology of Michael. But yeah, being out of the office, everyone interacting, having some drinks, but not really getting drunk. And so we're maybe crazy but not too crazy. Karen. Like, um and we've got a good cold open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great cold open. Um yeah, it's good. I like it. We get to see Karen in a dress. Yeah, was her dress cool? I didn't notice. It was normal. It wasn't as good as Kelly's. Like, she didn't deserve a Dundee for it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Pam. I hope she finds her way. Okay, so go to our Facebook group, the Finer Things Club. U.S. version. <laughs> yeah, I changed the name again. I don't... Oh, and I changed the name of the podcast again. Up by Up. Yeah, Up by Up. Is that cool? Or no? Yeah. I really liked a podcast read The Office, but I wanted to get The Office closer up in the title so it would show up maybe more in search results um but i also wanted to mention so dunder mifflin con which we've talked about before is now called the office super fan fest because of some, oh okay something that happened but it's still happening i think we're still it's gonna Scranton. go is it 2020 i think so okay well i will have to talk to them but if anyway if you were wondering about dunder mifflin con you listen to one of our other episodes if you're binging i guess and now you're here you didn't find it you're wondering oh, we sent you the wrong way it's called the office super fan festival that sounds way more fun than dunder mifflin con yeah i think it was some sort of thing with nbc but uh but it is oh. supposedly still happening okay so there should be more announcements for that soon we're not given anything by them but <laughs> but but we just think it would be cool and i think we'll get to do something there if if we uh if it if it happens which it sounds like it will i should stop sounding so skeptical <laughs> <laughs> It might happen. If it doesn't, it doesn't matter. If it does, we'll be there. Um, well, anyway, follow that group on Facebook and you'll have updates when they happen. 
Yeah, and then I also like to shout out our other sponsor, Altoids, <laughs> for giving us Altoids. Curiously strong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, send us an email at the a5podcast at gmail.com. We didn't get any reviews these past couple weeks. That's why we're not reading them. It's not because we forgot. Yeah, I so don't get it. So if you write it. one review, your it's words. It's like we do all this work and we get nothing in return. <laughs> and... uh. Overall, we have a really good rating, but I noticed we do have some one stars in there. So, so, so if you're listening okay. and you gave us one star, f- you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but not really. I'm sure it's people that like dislike some of our political opinions that we mentioned in the first couple episodes. So we don't care. Yeah, we don't give a shit. <laughs> We're winning the electoral college, not the popular vote. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, leave us a uh, review and we'll read that and. If you're listening and this episode just came out, on Saturday, August 24th, in Portland at the Clinton Street Theater, there's an event happening called M- uh, Movies by Minute Portland MXM, uh, and it's from noon until 5 p.m. at that thing, and it's an event for these Movies by Minute podcasts, which are started by Star Wars Minute, their podcasts that go through movies minute by minute. Um, where Brienne and I were doing one about a goofy movie minute and even though we have lost all momentum and interest in doing that it's still going to be a cool event and people doing it are cool but also Addie is going to be in Portland that's right the night before or sometime I'll be there I will be in the Pacific Northwest just in general yeah <laughs> so yeah if uh <laughs> If that's something okay. you're interested okay. in, you could go to that event or maybe we could meet up or something. Send us an email if you're going to be around there and you want to hang out with us. I don't know if that'll happen. but That would be cool, though. It would be really cool just to hear that you want to do that. Yeah, that would be it. amazing. <laughs> Can you invite me to that event? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, that's that's about it. Send us an email. Follow us on Instagram, even though we don't post that often. All right. Okay. What's your sign-off line? I forgot it. I think it was like... I forgot. I don't know. Even after you're gone. And I know you love me and soon you will see that I was meant for you. That's it. Jewel. Jewel? She's a jewel. Aww. What is making that echo? Hello? Hello? Oh, yeah, I do kind of hear that. Weird. It didn't do that before. Could it be? I don't know. All right, well, anyway. Um, But originally, they were had written allusions in the script, according to Wikipedia, that mm. he was going to be in a oh, banjo. A, yeah, I bet it's a banjo. Does sound like a banjo. I need to get rid of this banjo. I'll play it. Well, you could sell it on market.